your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 274 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Got a very special episode for you guys today. We are going to be joined in just a second by Abby Mastrocco. Abby covers the NHL and MLB for Bleacher Report, and she had the distinct honor of covering the Rangers home opener in person right there in Madison Square Garden, an empty Madison Square Garden uh, close off to fans, obviously. And very, very few of us have gotten to see any NHL games or really any sports games of any kind in person since the pandemic started. I know the NFL has started to allow some fans into the games. We might even have somebody who's listening to this who has attended one of these NFL games. Uh, but the Rangers have announced that no fans will be permitted inside Madison Square Garden until at least the end of February. But Abby experienced it firsthand on opening night covering the Rangers from the press box. She wrote a great article about it for Bleacher Report where she basically takes you through her day hour by hour and just kind of explains what it's like to be inside an NHL arena during the pandemic era. So I will leave a link to her article in the description. You should definitely check that out as well. It's a fantastic article. But yes, here is our conversation with Abby Mastracco from Bleacher Report. Enjoy. All right, and so without any further ado, Ranger fans, let's go ahead and welcome in today's very special guest, Abby Mastracco from Bleacher Report. Abby, how are we doing today? Um, I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, doing great. You know, Ranger season has kind of been a mixed bag so far, but you were obviously there on opening night. And I think you have uh, certainly an interesting perspective to share because you saw Rangers versus Islanders with absolutely no fans in the arena. And I understand you had to jump through a few hoops to get to, you know, the press box and cover the game and all that good stuff. So, I mean, what was this experience like? And, and were you at all nervous, you know, going to Madison Square Garden uh, to cover this game, you know, given just the state of the world right now? That's a good question because I'm so comfortable at games. I mean, most of what I've done in my career for the last, I don't know, I, I would say probably since 2012, 2013 is I've been at games. And that's just sort of second nature for me to be in a press box, and whether it's hockey, college basketball, baseball, I'm just so used to that. But And I haven't been to one for so long that there was something so familiar, but also so sort of like jarring about about going to this one, um, you know, Rangers PR told us ahead of time, we would have to take a COVID test. They, they're doing rapid testing for the media and it's very well organized. Um, there was, I, I mean, I had been tested earlier in the week just as precautionary because I knew that I was going to be back to covering games. Uh, but there always is that sort of like fear, you know, when you take any, when you take a coronavirus test, like, well, maybe, maybe I do have it and I, and I don't have any symptoms. And, this was a little bit different because like, you know, I don't want to be pulled. I don't want to be pulled out of this room where there's all these media members and told, Oh, Hey, you gotta go. That, that, I mean, I don't know if it would have been embarrassing or maybe a little bit embarrassing, but it just, I, it was, there's always sort of that worry and trepidation. But um, I think once we, once we all passed those tests and got up to the press box, it felt very safe knowing that we, we were all negative and we were very, you know, distanced. We didn't really have very many, there weren't a lot of opportunities to like get up and walk around. You know, we couldn't be as social as we usually are in the press box. You were not allowed to interact with the TV crew at all. Uh, it was, it was very, 
it was it felt very familiar in ways, but also very strange in a lot of ways as well. I think that makes sense. Now, as the game progresses, you know, obviously there's no fans there and they pump in the fake crowd noise a little bit to kind of, you know, yeah. give it a little bit of a white noise in the background. But I mean, does it get to the point where you almost kind of get used to it at a certain point? Because, you know, obviously the Stanley Cup playoffs, that was done without fans. Uh, MLB didn't have any fans. NFL uh, just starting to let a couple of fans back into the arena. But when you're actually there, I mean, do you get used to not having any fans in the arena at a certain point? I think they're going to get used to it. It's now been a few games. The first game, uh, you know, David Quinn talked about how they, they got used to not having any fans in the bubble. And, and that was, but it was different than not having any fans at their home arena. And, you know, talking to a few guys over the last week, that was sort of the, the consensus is it was like, you got used to it in the bubble. You knew you were in a different situation and you could just sort of like put your nose to the grindstone and work knowing that it was only going to be temporary. But now they're back in their their home arenas where they're used to having a certain atmosphere and they're used to certain pregame routines and things like that that you can no longer really do. And it, it, it they're going to get used to it, but now we don't know how temporary it is. The bubble was a certain amount of time. We don't know when fans are going to be allowed back in the arena. We don't know when some of these distancing measures are going to ease up. It, they're going to... I mean, they're going to have to get used to it because at the end of the day, it's still hockey and, and the adrenaline can take over point, but the fans really do give sort of a boost in some, in some key moments of like a tight game in the third period. And there's no fans that you, you, it's easy to like lose some energy at that point, whereas the fans might give you more energy. So they're going to have to get used to it. And they, I, you know, the longer they play, the longer they play into this season, it's going to become sort of second nature, but I don't think anyone's going to like it. Wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. Are we ready for some football? The NFL regular season has concluded and there are some big time playoff matchups right around the corner. And there is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner by going on Twitter and going to at betonline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use promo code locked on for your sign up bonus. Once again, that is promo code locked on in all caps and you will get your sign up bonus. Hashtag bet online. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know about Locked On Bets. 2020 is mercifully over. It is time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and you want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. You know, one thing I noticed watching the Stanley Cup playoffs, and I guess a little bit in the regular season here as well, is every once in a while, uh, you know, watching on TV, you would see kind of like a random person in like the aisles of the stands. Obviously, the, all the seats are tarped <laughs> off, but there'd be like one or two random people there. And I'm thinking like, OK, so like, is this a team employee? Is it a security guard? Is it a relative of one of the players or the coaches or something like that? When you look down there and you're, you're looking down and obviously all the seats are covered. Was there anybody there? Was the whole thing just completely empty, completely barren? Uh, well, it depends. So I, you know, in 
at, at Madison Square Garden, it was pretty empty. There are seats for scouts, but they're, the scouts are in the suite, so we don't see them. They're sort of out of sight, out of mind. Um, you know, it used to be that they were up in the press box with us, and, and I could interact with them. We would all interact with them. I mean, I got a lot of great information from scouts sitting in the press box and, you know, chatting, drinking coffee with them, um, but we, we don't really see them at this point. In Newark, when I covered the Devils uh, Bruins last weekend, you did see the ice crew down on, you know, sort of the where the, the ZAM entrance is. So it was strange to look down and see, like, a group of people standing there, but then there's nobody else in the stands. And what was really right. strange for me was watching warm-ups and not seeing fans down there with signs or, like, asking for pucks. Like, that was sort of when it hit me, like, oh, wow, th- there really are no fans. This really is different. Like, that's when it sort of set in for me. Yeah, it's something I talked about a couple episodes ago. You know, obviously, we had opening night against the Islanders, and I'm talking about not just the game, but also the environment. And one of the biggest things I missed, and I, I think you even sent out a tweet about this on game night, was the player introductions. Because I, I love that, to yeah. start a season. And, and you've got, you know, a couple new guys on the teams, and you've got, uh, you know, Ke'Andre Miller and Alexi Lafreniere going to make their debut. They're rookies. I want to hear the garden going nuts for them. I want to hear the garden going crazy for Panarin and Sabanajad and Kreider, Shesterkin, on and on and on. Um, so, I mean, what was that like? I mean, I, I think a lot of us saw it on TV, but were the players, I mean, do they still like kind of put their sticks in the air? Do they not really know what to do? I think your article touched on that as well. <laughs> yeah, I did write about that because they, a few of them look sort of confused skating. You know, they skated into a circle and, and the cameras were showing on the, you know, on the big board and they were, they were just kind of like, what, what do we do here? And the camera panned to, they did put their sticks up and I could see, I think it was like Kreider and Zibanejad who were trying to like motion to everybody to put their sticks up when, um, when they, you know, completed the introductions, but it was sort of like, there's still a camera in their face, whether it's TV or whether it's the arena camera. And they're kind of like, but there's nobody here. Where, who am I, (laughs) who am I saluting? You forget that it like, it is for TV purposes, but when you are used to doing that, you're so much in the moment that you're, you're saluting the crowd. You think you're saluting the crowd and you, you get a lot of energy and a lot of excitement from that crowd. And so it was just very strange how they all skated on the ice. Like what, what do we do? Is there a need? Is there a need to get pumped up right now when there's no fans? It it was just sort of a, it was, it was a strange moment. There was a lot of strange moments. And I think I even wrote this, all of the things that are really strange right now feel like extra strange and it's going to wear off at some point, but right now, because, we're just coming, we're just getting back to regular season hockey. And this is the first regular season hockey that that they've played without fans. Things just feel, everything's sort of magnified. Yeah. Everything is just off right now. You know, you get the season starting in the middle of January. You've got no fans in the arenas. You've got this 56 game sprint to the playoffs. You've got only divisional matchups. I mean, do you think, uh, you know, given everything that's happening and of course, you know, we, wish more than anything that this pandemic never happened. But, you know, given that given the state of the world, uh, is this a good route for the NHL to go down this 56 game season and this, you know, just only divisional matchups? And do you think the NHL has done the best they can given the circumstances? Well, I mean, they've got to try and stage a season because, uh, you know, the NBA is doing it and Major League Baseball managed to, to stage a season and they got through it despite numerous coronavirus outbreaks on teams and even you know pretty highly publicized incident at the world series with justin turner um they tried to do the world series in a bubble and it didn't work hey look the nhl had more success with their bubble so that's got to say something but they're just losing every league is losing a ton of revenue and without the tv revenue 
the NHL would be, it would be in a really bad situation. I mean, this is a league that is still trying to, you know, compete for its spot in the, in the major four and two strikes, a couple of labor strikes have not really helped help the situation. I mean, how long does it take baseball to recover from, from their strike and the lockouts, the numerous lockouts at the NHL doesn't help. So they need this season and they're doing it as carefully as they can. They've consulted with a lot of health professionals, a lot of science scientists and um, infectious disease specialists. And they're, they think that they're doing everything as best they can, but really it's all about mitigation. They're not going to be, we, we already know that they can't get through the season without some, positive test because we've already seen games rescheduled so they're they're giving it its best shot and i think that's all that's all any of these teams that's all any of these leagues can do right now is just try and and get it done as best they can and and consult with the health experts on how to try and mitigate it throughout the way Absolutely. And uh, something else I learned from your article is that uh, your first trip to Madison Square Garden actually came back in 2014 for the Stanley Cup final. Uh, But you were actually working for the Kings at that time. Is that right? I was working for Fox Sports. Um, I I covered uh, the Kings and the Ducks out there for several years. And um, I did TV and I did editorial. And that was my first season in the field um, away from the TV station. And um, I got, yeah, I covered the Kings and the Ducks right up until the end. I was, it was a crazy, it was a really crazy postseason. I was flying all over with both teams. It was really exciting. And then they, they beat each other up and the Kings prevailed and went all the way. So it's crazy. I mean, you've seen Madison score garden truly at both ends of the spectrum here. You got the Stanley cup finals when everybody's going crazy and it's just an insane environment. And then a completely empty arena, you know, just about a week ago here. Uh, And I just got to know, I mean, you were there in Madison square garden for the Stanley cup Finals. So uh, what was that atmosphere like? Cause I would have given anything to be in that building, either working it or just being there (laughs) as a fan. (laughs) What I remember the most is the snow pile game. Um, the puck got yep. stopped in Hank's snow pile and, and it was like the fans, you could feel the tension in the building. It, it, I, I'll never forget that feeling. Um, watching some of the fans like they, behind me in the bridge, uh, who couldn't look, who could look, it, it was like everybody was on their seats. They couldn't stand to think that that puck wouldn't, that that puck had crossed Hank's snow pile and Hank, who means so much to the Rangers and, he was the savior that night, and it was uh, th- I. I will never forget the feeling of that game and watching the replays and looking at the the faces of Ranger fans. It was the most incredible moment. It was it was one of the highlights of my career. That particular game and that particular moment, and that was. I mean, that's when that's when you know the fans are really important because the way that they reacted to that. It. I mean, it, it, you really can't match that sort of energy that it's going to give a team. It's it's like the soundtrack of the game almost. You know, all these yeah. amazing, you know, Stanley Cup playoff moments that we've seen over the years. Like, imagine, like, back in 1994, the, the Stefan Matteau double overtime goal. Imagine that happening with no fans. I mean, yeah, it's still an epic moment. But to not have the garden going crazy right after it happens, I mean, I just, I can't even imagine what that would have been like. It's such a special place, the garden. I mean, I I, I have taken... I've taken some laps around the bowels of, of the arena. I've taken some laps around the concourse. I one time I was there for um, to cover a Rangers game, and I stuck around, or I had showed up early because I knew that um, the Knicks would be there for an event. And it, it just it's such a 
it's such an incredible place. There's so much history. You can feel the history when you walk in the building. This was a historic game for a different reason. And then it, 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 exactly. it did not have this, it didn't have the same feeling to be honest. It, it, it didn't. I mean, the first time I walked into the garden, it was like, it had this aura, like, wow, you know, who's played here. They're in the 1994 game and, and Patrick Ewing and all the, all these great moments in sports history. And then you walk in the other night and it was like, it felt like a practice. It didn't feel. Yeah. Or even, or even like just a beer league, you know, like just, just a bunch of, I mean, obviously they're a heck of a lot more talented than guys in a beer league, but you get what I'm saying. (laughs) There's, there's no fans about a beer league. There were no fans at the Ranger game either. So yeah, I I can't even imagine how surreal that must've been. And uh, something else, any other arena at that point, which is strange because the garden does not feel like any other arena, but with no fans. It kind of did. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. The NHL regular season is underway, and the best way to keep track of it all is by subscribing to Locked On NHL. Local experts each week bring you the biggest stories, game recaps, and fantasy advice all in one podcast. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. Something else I learned from your article is that you've actually covered games at all 31 NHL arenas, which is obviously very impressive, very unique. Uh, I got to know, what are what are some of your favorite arenas to go to? Do you have like a top three, or is there a certain arena you can't wait to get back to at a certain point? Uh, that's a good question. I've been asked that a few times. Uh, I really love covering games at Bell Center in Montreal. The way that it's set up is the fans are like, straight up and um guys have told me that when you play at bell center it feels like the fans are right on top of you and i i also just enjoy visiting montreal as a city i it's just it's a great atmosphere they they serve hot dogs um to the media at intermission and the buns are grilled sourdough and it's it's a great (laughs) i'm i'm in press boxes entirely too much i'm around hot dogs i never eat them anymore but I have to eat them in Montreal because of that grilled sourdough bun. And I have seen Chico Rush eat way too many at, in one <laughs> sitting. Um, yeah. I really enjoy Vegas. I know it's one of the newer ones, but it's just such an awesome arena. The, it's a whole, they really took everything that makes Vegas great with all the like theatrics and they brought it to the arena, the area around the arena. And it's like a whole show. You get the, like, you get the, the nights the, on the ice show you get um, there's always some like Cirque du Soleil shows that they do like Vegas is a whole production when it, it's not just a hockey game and the hockey's pretty good too, obviously, but like 
they they wanted to make it Vegas, and they really just nailed it. They did such a great job with that. I, if you can see a game at Vegas, it's such an amazing atmosphere. I really, really enjoy going to games at T-Mobile Arena. Toronto, some of the Canadian ones are pretty fun. I love, I, I love covering games in Toronto. The press box is, like, right over the ice. The Calgary Saddle Dome is, uh, like, I'm terrified of heights, and the – it's a suspended press box, a lot like the bridge at MSG, except it's so old it like shakes. <laughs> and, um, I don't really appreciate that, but there is something sort of cool about being in like a quirky old building like that. So I, I'm trying to think of uh, Chicago. You got to go to a game at Chicago. The anthem gives you chills. Um, I've covered plenty of playoff games at Chicago in Chicago, and I was able to take my parents last year to a game. It was my mom's first hockey game. She had no idea what was going on and why everybody was fighting each other, but she really enjoyed it. Um, I, the, the United Center in Chicago is definitely one of the top ones on my list. Yeah, I mean, I think those are all great choices. And it's funny with Vegas because, you know, every now and then you'll get, you know, kind of like a hockey traditionalist who's like, oh, you know, all that production, that's a little over the top. That's a little silly. And it's like, come on, man. Like, it's Vegas. It's sports. They're supposed to be fun. I mean, I, I have no problem with it whatsoever. And then uh, Montreal, another one you mentioned. I mean, you can tell. I mean, th- those those fans are living and dying with with every ship. Yeah. And, uh, just just seems like just seems like a very fun environment. And you know, it's it's road trippable because I think I I, I did a, a Google search not that long ago. I think I'm about six or six and a half hours away from Montreal, and I've actually never been to Canada at all. So you know, maybe oh, if the wow. Rangers are playing, yeah, maybe if the Rangers are playing there, I, I'm gonna have to make that happen at some point. Well, Canada's great. You got to get some poutine. Okay. Uh, Montreal and <laughs> Toronto have amazing food scenes. Um, uh, yeah, Montreal's a it's a really really great road city. You don't feel like you're in you don't feel like you're in Canada. You don't feel like you're in North America. You feel a little bit like you're in Europe. Even when you get to the airport, it's it's much more organized than American airports. Um it uh it it has a definite a different feel to it. So you it it does feel like an actual escape when you go to Montreal. Yeah. And uh I figure you know we'll talk a little bit about the Rangers. I know you cover pretty much the entire NHL, but just wanted to ask you a couple of questions about the start that they're off to here, obviously one and two for their first three games here. And uh, on opening night, you know, it was weird because they kind of came out a little bit flat and I don't know, maybe that was a byproduct of not having any fans in the arena, but just not a good opening night performance for the Rangers. And then they bounce back with uh, a five, nothing butt kicking of the same team that they just lost to. And then, you know, lose a close game to the devils. I mean, it's really been a couple of peaks and valleys to start the season here for the Rangers. Do you have any early impressions of this team? Do you, do you think that they can uh, squeak into the playoffs in what's obviously a very tough Eastern division this year? Well, I think they, I think they need to add maybe another defenseman. I hate to say it because, you know, Adam Fox is really great. And Keandre Miller and Jacob Truba. I think Keandre Miller is going to be a really special player. And I just think that maybe they need to add a little bit more maturity on the blue line. Um, they, they were, their speed, their team built on speed, and they were their speed was totally gobbled up by the Islanders. And the Islanders are so structured and disciplined. And you know, when we think of fun hockey, we think more of speed and skating, not the not yeah. the disciplined team that the Islanders. But but look, Barry Trotz has been successful because he knows how to run a team with a lot of skill and structure. So maybe the Rangers could use a little bit more maturity. It just seemed like they were making some young mistakes and that's going to happen when you're relying on players who are as young as Lafreniere and Keandre Miller. And they've got so many young guys who are really good. You just might, they just maybe need, they've got some good leadership. I just think that they, 
they make they make some young mistakes and that's kind of that's going to be tough to get around the, the deeper you get into the season so maybe they could just use somebody else I don't know I hate to I hate to say they have such a great leadership core so I hate to like I don't want to seem like I'm calling them out or anything like that I just think maybe like one more established player could help when some of these situations get kind of frenzied yeah, that makes sense. And uh, I figure I might as well ask you a prediction for Friday night's game as well. Rangers are playing the Penguins. Uh, you could throw out a final score if you want. You could pick somebody to score a goal. Any, anything you want to toss out there <laughs> as far as, uh, you know, what we can expect from uh, Rangers-Penguins on Friday night there? Uh, I think Alexi Lafreniere is going to score a goal, and then we're going to get some great storylines doing it against Sidney Crosby's team. <laughs> I like it. I like it. It's funny because I'm actually uh, later today – going to be recording a crossover episode with Hunter Hodes of Locked On Penguins, and we're going to throw out some predictions. And I, uh, one that I have written down is Alexi Lafreniere is at least going to get his first point. You know, I, I think he's been close a couple of times. Uh, his passing is so good, and I know he's been held off the score sheet through these first three games, but, I mean, you can tell. I mean, the, the talent that this guy has is just completely off the charts. His passing is beautiful. He sees the game, yeah. and, and the vision like that is something you're kind of born with. And as he is able to sort of like read the league, it's going to get a lot better and he's going to get, he's going to be really dangerous. He's just so slick with the puck and his, his decision-making is pretty good for being 18 years old already, but it, it takes a fair amount of like knowing sort of knowing your opponents. That's what all these veterans in the league will tell you is that when they were young and hungry and looking for their first goal, it was because they were relying on their skill and not necessarily their their smarts. And when you put it all together, then that's finally when you when you can get things done in the NHL. Absolutely. Well, listen, Abby, this was a ton of fun. It was great having you on today. Good luck covering the NHL and what's obviously going to be a pretty crazy season here for a lot of different reasons. And uh, you're more than welcome to come back on this podcast anytime you'd like. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, once again, a big, big thank you to Abby Mastrocco for joining the show here and sharing her experiences covering the Rangers home opener against the New York Islanders about a week ago at this point, but obviously a very unique perspective to share. And like I said in the intro, definitely check out her article on her experience covering the Rangers that night. You can find a link to the article in the episode description for this episode. But that's going to do it for today, guys. We're going to have a special crossover episode with Mr. Hunter Hodes of Locked On Pittsburgh Penguins. We're going to be previewing Rangers versus Penguins, which obviously will be happening on Friday night at 7 p.m. Rangers definitely in need of a win there. And it's always a great time talking hockey with Hunter. Uh, we already recorded the episode, so definitely looking forward to uh, giving you guys that episode as well. But yes, that will do it for today. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.